everyone, welcome to Justice Loose, it's the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt. Matt, Matt what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Apparently that's the thing now. Yeah, do that thing if you're on the iTunes, like a cultist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> five-star review, though, not a five-star. You remember five stars? From, like, elementary school? When people would slap you on... And yeah, Slap you oh, as hard as they can. Yes, I do. Leave a mark. Imagine... Well, I don't know. You probably got it, too. Like, during that time, being one of the bullied ones. Got no, those all the, the time. I was, I was one of the bullies. Really? Really? A little bit. You're a piece of shit. I don't want to be <laughs> friends with you anymore. <laughs> what makes you think we're friends now, loser? That's a good point. Give me your wine. I... <laughs> no, it's mine. <laughs> no, I was totally also a bully, but, like, at my church... Uh-huh. because i was bullied in school and then i could take it out take it yeah. out yeah okay. no it was i lived that real cyclical mm-hmm. uh abuse thing uh anyway enough of that break cycles of violence people that's what people should do break yeah cycles of violence but isn't it violent to break things get out of here with your semantic games <laughs> also check us out on tiktok at just us losers pod <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what you been up to? Uh, well, right now I'm watching the Giants game because I know Stop you're going to... Stop that. We're I, recording. You're going to talk about some video game stuff. I don't care about that. I'm just going to watch I'm going to make it as general <laughs> as I can. Okay. That's that's good. That's fine. Uh, not a whole lot. Um, my next month consists of, in addition to the usual work and the usual contingent of chess lessons, I'm teaching... Uh, two week-long chess camps, which will take up my entire morning for five days. Um, I have the state championships this weekend. Um, there might be another tournament at the end of July, but I might not be playing that one. Um, I'm playing keyboard at the early service for every weekend in July. I also just found out today I'm playing piano at the late service for every weekend in July. And I am not in practice as a pianist right now, so that's a lot of practice time that I don't have. Um... Plus, I'm trying to keep up with writing a little more. I'm actually doing pretty good about that right now. It's going to be a long month. Yeah. July's going to kill me. Yeah. June killed me, so now I get to pass it on to you for exactly. the misery. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be a good time. As long as we can still record. That's all I care about. I don't care about your mental health or anything. No promises. <laughs> uh, so I haven't been up to much, but you said... I, I have done a couple of things. Yeah. Um, I'll lead with the big one i guess to keep people interested it's called a hook folks yeah uh top gun maverick went you, and saw that you saw that yeah yeah after having seen the regular top gun regular top gun is that what we're calling it now <laughs> <laughs> the first one just called the top one. gun the first one top gun colon the first one the first gun yes feels like a rambo prequel um yeah saw top gun maverick uh it's really good it is surprisingly really good how's miles teller excellent perfect in the role where's that mustache like he was born to it (laughs) (laughs) uh the mustache is important to the character so how does it handle or at least like do justice to the the whole thing it, to me through the trailers at least it's that the guy who was the hot shot is coming back as an instructor mm-hmm. that's is that accurate yep how does how does it pull that off well where it it changes that character's role so heavily to be like someone who mm-hmm. was just like such like a a loose a loose cannon to now mm-hmm. being like an authority figure and like how how does that 
Yeah. I assume he's a loose cannon. Still haven't oh, seen the yeah, first he one. Is, he's, he's, yeah. He it's calls Tom himself. Cruise. He's always a loose cannon. And he calls himself Maverick. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, he remains a bit of a maverick in okay. this one. Um, a bit of a wild loose cannon, but he takes on more responsibility. It feels like um, he, he he takes his role very seriously. It does give him some opportunities to actually do some classic mm-hmm. mavericky stuff. Um, the plot actually raises the stakes quite a bit, mm. uh, which is very interesting. Um, it what gives were the him, stakes in the first one? Uh, I can fly better than you can. Oh, yeah, I can fly better than you can. And then at the end, they have a random dogfight with some Soviet airplanes and definitely start World War Three. But oh. no one addresses that. So And so this one is... This one, uh, so the the plot of this one is um, Maverick has been working as a test pilot because uh, he's mm-hmm. like going very very fast. Yep. Um, and he uh gets called out of that to come be the instructor for not just Top Gun but for a special class of top of their class Top Gun graduates. So the topest Top Guns. The topest of the Top Guns. Gotcha. Um, because they have a urgent mission that they need to complete and a very tight timeline to do so. Mm. So he has to whip them into shape in time to carry it out. Gotcha. Um, so it manages to raise the stakes a little bit there by having, you know, a generic geopolitical foe to fight against. It's kind of fun. We're in a moment that there isn't any country we're angry enough at to call them out in Hollywood. What's Russia? One that we're not angry enough to call out in Hollywood. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm They're angry literally declaring war on the West. <laughs> yeah. And if we call them out in Hollywood, then they'll see that as an escalation. So I guess that's true. Yeah. That we're brave enough to call out in Hollywood. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, dude, I, <laughs> I yeah. think we hate Russia. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we do hate Russia. But uh, yeah, no, the, the bad guys in this are just a... A foreign power, a rogue state. <laughs> gotcha. Like it's it's kind of fun. Um, the the pilots you see pilots for him at one point, and they have the like the full on black visor, so you can't even tell what ethnicity <laughs> they are. <laughs> are they Iranian? Are they Russian? Are they Chinese? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, They're Americans. The real enemy something. is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> That's my bit that I've overused. <laughs> you can't take that from me. Um. Yeah. No. So. Coming back to Top Gun Maverick, uh, within the story itself, it's just it's a really effective movie. Um, it's a little predictable. It's a little cliched, but it really gets you excited. It gets mm-hmm. you going. I came out of that theater going a little too fast for the road I was going on. And <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's OK. I didn't get pulled over. I went to the Taco Bell drive through. Um, so we're, we're saved by that. Um, but it's just it's it's a fun, exciting action movie. It kind of feels like Mission Impossible 6.5. Um, and if that, if that were all it were, it'd be a, it'd be a fine, solid movie, but it's also a really effective late sequel. And I've been thinking about this recently. Um, what makes a late sequel? We should probably define our terms here. We talked about this like Mm -hmm. 200 episodes ago. Yep. Uh, a late sequel is a sequel that comes a long time after the first one. I think a generation, a generation, generation later. So a great example would be Blade Runner 2049. Um, you could argue that, um, the Jurassic world movies are sort of late sequels. Halloween. Uh, Halloween. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, they were doing movies forever, but these ones are direct sequels to the original basically. 
Um, the Star Wars sequels. Yeah. Are late sequels. Um, and I think that something these movies need to do is they need to address the legacy of the original one. Because if the original one came out and it made enough of a cultural impact to stick and to deserve a late sequel X number of years later, that means that it really meant something. Right. And that means that the events of the story had to mean something. And so the the sequel itself needs to address that legacy and fit into that legacy smoothly. Um, Blade Runner 2049 does a beautiful job of that. Mm-hmm. does a beautiful job of pretty much everything. Existing. That's a, that is a gorgeous movie <laughs> on every level. Um, it does a great job of saying, okay, here were these events. These events were extraordinary. Here's the repercussions of those 30 years later. Here's what a story set amongst those repercussions looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, the world has developed in its own interesting ways after that. Star Wars kind of failed in that regard. It had its moments, but it was very much, okay, we're going to pick up with exactly the same status quo we had at the beginning yep. of, of the Ridge Tridge. Okay, we've got a evil empire of sorts, and we've got a plucky band of rebels led by the exact same people we saw, except now Harrison Ford won't take off his earring. <laughs> Can you imagine if he just had refused to take it off and they had to write it into the script? That'd be amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a permanent little earpiece, so I can talk to Chewie wherever. I bet he at. had that kind of power if he wanted to. Like Probably. the kind of like the kind of that Samuel L. Jackson was like, mm-hmm. I want a purple one, and Lucas was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Star Wars less effective at, at the legacy question. Yeah. Um. Top Gun Maverick does a really good job of handling that legacy question. Um, there are some personal stakes that are kind of paid off in Top Gun originally, but then we get the legacy of those carried through to this one, and it affects character decisions. Mm. Uh, it affects character arcs, um, and it just adds a whole extra layer to the story and really, really pulls it together really nicely. Um, you would you would understand the the entire movie not having seen Top Gun, but you would feel it a lot stronger if gotcha. you've seen Top Gun. So, yeah, really really solid movie. Cool. Strongly recommend people check it out. Out of ten, uh, nice firm eight. Okay, it's a good one. It's uh, there's definitely some moments where it's super predictable. Right. Um, it kind of has the flaw uh it, of it does a few too many of the oh no they're dead they crashed okay wait they're actually fine mm. they they pull that off yeah you know like lot. watching people fly off a cliff and you're like where's that okay so are they gonna do a uh, a dolly shot of over the over the cliff looking mm-hmm. at them hand uh grabbing the mm-hmm. wall or their is their hand gonna come up yeah like that's the unpredictability of that yep. specific scene <laughs> shout out to the revenant for actually going over the cliff and watching leo fall over the cliff <laughs> <laughs> and uh aragorn for going off the cliff and oh yeah still not dying but you know yeah did go all the way over the cliff very good shout out to those two movies in particular the only times that's ever happened leave it in the comments if, if i want there's another time that that happened gauge to get a super cut of every single time someone's <laughs> gone off a cliff but did not that would so be it's gonna be so every long. single villain and everything ever and also mace windu would it be villains i mean yeah uh beauty and the beast uh the emperor from star wars oh no i'm saying um, that they didn't like that they stayed that they did grab oh, on that they the, did grab on yeah okay it's all the heroes uh, 
every so, hero ever. So yeah, we're talking like a six and a half hour TikTok there. Yeah. Cool. 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 Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay cool yeah. anything else top gun memory uh i also watched 61 which is not a 69 prequel <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what is 61 uh it is a baseball movie oh um i went on vacation uh with my lovely wife to her aunt and uncle's house in houston um and it's one of my aunt's favorite movies apparently so we had to watch it because I like movie. They apparently listened to a couple of our episodes. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that was about my reaction. I was like, okay, <laughs> keep it level headed. <laughs> I love how we have a podcast that's about to get to like 250 episodes. Anytime we hear anyone say that they've listened to an episode, our immediate reaction is, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we're good at this folks. Oh man. We're, we're good. Anyway, 61. 61. Uh, so this was a HBO movie that came out in about 2000. Um, about the home run chase in 1961 uh, between Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. Hmm. So for those of you who are not familiar with baseball history in the Dark Ages, the dead ball era, they called it. Um, early baseball, early organized baseball. Home runs were very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, the league leader would usually have somewhere from about 9 to 15. Um, the game was much more about speed and uh, chaining together a bunch of hits and um, playing aggressive like that. Mm-hmm. Then Babe Ruth came along and changed the game because he, he pointed was, and it went there. He He's really big and he hit lots of home runs and had a, a mythical status. And so uh, he bumped the record from it might have been 17 was the single season record before him uh, to 60 by the time he retired mm. uh, and changed the entire game. People were suddenly hitting 40, 50 home runs. You said this day. happened in 1961. It did. I love it. it nice. Good. So. So this is all historically fact. Too. This is this is the at least the bare bones basics of the story are historically accurate. I know a couple of the deals details in the movie are accurate as well. I can't speak for everything. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, uh, so Babe Ruth hit 60, he hit 60 in somewhere in the 1920s and no one broke that record for a long time. Mm. Um, and so this is like in one season. Yes. Okay. One single season, uh, one, 154 game season. We should point out. Okay. And there were a few people who came pretty close. Uh, there's a guy named Hank Greenberg who hit 58 one year. Um, and then pitchers, stopped giving him anything to hit the last couple weeks of the season because he was Jewish and they didn't want him to break the record. Wow. 30s were a great time. Man. At least that's the that's the legend. I don't know how much truth there is to gotcha. that. Um, might also just have been that he hit 58 home runs in a season. Why would you give him anything to hit in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Mickey Mantle came along. Um, are you familiar with Mickey Mantle at all? Uh, he was in a book called Mickey and Me. I read that book. Yeah, I, really I didn't like read the book. I okay. saw it next to Hugh and me, and is that what it was? Honus and me. Honus and me, and all the other books that were in. That. I yeah. only read Honus. Actually, Mickey Mantle was not in that book. Oh, plot twist. Was it supposed to be Mickey Mantle, and it ended up it not was. being? Gotcha. Okay. Um. Anyway, don't spoil it for me. I still have to read it. Okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, Mickey Mantle was an extremely high profile really well regarded prospect coming up into the majors uh for the yankees ruth's old team kind of the america's team of baseball they're not even that good 
anymore. From what I hear. I don't watch baseball. I just know that everyone hates the Yankees except for Yankees fans. Yeah. <laughs> they they're It's like Alabama. <laughs> yeah. They're they're the the best best team in the history of baseball by a long shot. Gotcha. Um also this season they have almost an unprecedented good winning record this far in the season. So there's that. Right. Um anyway, uh Mickey Mantle comes up and everyone thinks he's gonna be the guy to assail Babe's legacy for um all these great career stats. Um, he is just ridiculously talented, super athletic. Um, he blew out his knee at one point, I think in high school or the minor leagues or something, um, but recovered to become a really good player. And then halfway through his first season, um, he's running through the outfield. And this is back when player safety was a non-issue. There's an exposed drain pipe sticking up. In left field or right field. Jesus. And he trips on it and blows out his other knee. Misses the whole season. So he comes back after a year and both of his knees are shredded. He's basically <laughs> just in tremendous pain every time he plays the game of baseball. And he's still a transcendently talented player. Okay. Um, still had an incredible career legacy. Um, one of the best players to play the game. And so he's kind of he's the face of the Yankees. Uh, and then there's this guy, Roger Maris, who is a good player. Uh, he in 1960 wins the MVP. Um, I think playing for, I don't even remember, not the Yankees. And he gets traded to the Yankees for the 1961 season. Okay. 1961, they extend the season from 154 games to 162. Suddenly all these single season records are maybe a little more attainable. You hit 58 home runs in 154 games. You tack on eight more games. You got a decent shot at those last three. Yeah. So, all the reporters are kind of asking the questions. Okay, well, Mickey, Roger, are you guys going to battle it out? Who's going to who's gonna be the one to break the babe's record? And then Mickey gets somebody to bring a crowbar to the guy's <laughs> knees outside of the rink. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> Wrong real life sports story. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, it, the movie just centers on their home run chase. Um, and it Maris is the focus. Um, Mickey's kind of a, he's kind of a party animal mm-hmm. kind of a guy. And Roger Maris is a bit more of the country boy, just sort of plain spoken down to earth kind of guy. And the media pressure, especially in the New York media market is really tough on him. Um, his hair fart starts falling out. Of- hair farts. <laughs> his hair farts. <laughs> he's expelling gas through st- every, every orifice, <laughs> even his hair. Interesting skill. <laughs> no, his hair starts falling out, which I know is a true thing that actually happened to him during that season because of the stress of it um and it's just about uh, him and mickey battling back and forth and eventually reconciling their differences and becoming friends and the chase and the stress and the battle with the media it's a so it's a really interesting story it's pretty well done um it has the the flaw that all baseball movies do that none of the guys actually look like they've ever swung a bat before (laughs) (laughs) um except Moneyball, because everyone in that except chris pratt is an actual baseball player but that's is, different. Wait, all the actors? Oh, all yeah. the player actors. Yeah. I was just like, I yeah, don't Brad, think Brad Pitt. <laughs> don't, you, don't you remember he had three or four good years with the Orioles back in the <laughs> late nineties? <laughs> Although I thought about Brad Pitt and not uh, what is his name? Jonah, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. There we go. <laughs> yeah, no, the guy who spent like five years of his career trying to break the fat guy, like. <laughs> uh typecast Mm -hmm. in in his defense if there's any sport you can get away with being fat in it's football and you'd be an offensive lineman but 
Uh, if there's any other sport you can get away with being fat in, it's baseball. Really? Yeah. All you have to do is hit the ball hard. Then you just jogged first and they put in the runner. <laughs> oh, they can do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's stupid. But then you're out of the game for the rest of the game. So Oh. You do have to have some nominal athleticism. Gotcha. All right. Anyway, uh, 61. It's good. Uh, I hadn't heard of it, which was kind of interesting because I've heard of a lot of baseball movies. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is it's R-rated and it doesn't need to be. Mm. I think that really killed its market. Um Basically, they just just a bunch of F-bombs, and then there's one mildly gory scene. Yeah. What? It's a little out of left field, pun intended. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, There's a... It's not even an injury. It's a medical mishap that leads to someone missing a large chunk of flesh on their hip. Oh. Yep. Is it a drain pipe? No. <laughs> just landed on the drain pipe and it just kind of like apple cord. <laughs> oh, now I can't get rid of that image. Yep. Um, yeah, no. Uh, solid movie, though. Uh, if you like sports movies, it's going to be a good one for you. If you like baseball history, it's a, it's a cool look at the story a little bit. Not sure how realistic it is as far as the, the characterizations or some of the mm-hmm. other details, but mm, seemed pretty well done. It's also, I will say, it's kind of fun to watch an HBO movie from 2000 because there's a whole bunch of basically background actors. They're like, ah, you're going to have a pretty big role on The Wire in about three years here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Legitimately, there's like 10 actors in it that don't have a lot to do, but then they pop up in The Wire or something else within a few years. All right. Um, Barry Pepper plays the lead and he's an actual actor. Plays Maris. Plays who? Roger Maris. All right. But yeah. Cool. Out of 10? Probably seven. Uh, I was hoping you'd say 6.1. 6. 6. 1. 1, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, but that'd be disrespecting it a bit too much. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's call it a 7.3 in honor of the new home run record. When's the last time that, that was set? 2001. Okay. But also he cheated. Really? Steroids. Nice. And the guy he broke the record from cheated. Steroids. Well, steroids. And the guy that would have third place for the record also cheated. Steroids. Wow. A lot of cheating in baseball. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a whole... Um, this is going to be a weird little digression, but it's very interesting to me. Uh, there's a There was a whole crackdown last year on sticky stuff. Um, pitchers would use anything from sunscreen to Vaseline to stuff to um, I remember get a happening. slicker grip on, their, on, yeah. their, on the balls. Um, nice. Really like to slickly grip those balls. Yeah, you got to lube up um, your balls real quick. Well, so the the thing is, modern analytics have advanced so far that you can track the spin rate of a pitch mm-hmm. in RPM, and people have realized that there's a strong correlation between a ball's spin rate and how hard it is to hit. Right. Uh, and if you put sticky stuff on a ball, you increase the spin rate two or 300 RPM. Mm-hmm. There's not a great... You can't get that kind of mechanical adjustment just yeah. by changing the way you throw it. Huh. Um, so Trevor Bauer, who... Turns out it's kind of an evil guy for other reasons. Was complaining about this because so many pitchers were using st- sticky stuff. And you can tell because you watch their spin rate jump. There's a guy mm-hmm. named Garrett Cole who got traded to the Yankees. He was a good pitcher. And then he got traded to the Yankees. And his spin rate on all his pitches jumped to 300 RPM. And oh. he went from pretty good to best pitcher in the game. Hmm. Very suspicious. Trevor Bauer said, yeah, no, I've tried. You can't do that mechanically. You have to use an outside substance. Trevor Bauer, next year. He realizes no one's cracking down. Spin rates jump 
two, three hundred. <laughs> he <laughs> tried to say him. something. No one listened. He's like, All right, if you can't beat him, join him. Yeah, I uh, guess fair enough. People asked him about it and he's like, mm, no comment. And then he went out and got himself one of the richest one year deals in baseball history. Nice. That's for cheating. For cheating. Yep. But now they're now they're cracking down on it. Yeah. So that's, All right. that's something. But anyway, yeah, baseball. Yeah. Nice. About it. All right, talk about your video games. I'm going to watch some baseball. You son of a... <laughs> I just played every Uncharted game in about a week and a half. There are four games. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, it's uh, it's a good thing that I played really good games. Uh, okay. It's a bad thing um, that work is so unreliable that I'm just playing video games during the day. Mm-hmm. Not my fault. I only play when I'm waiting on people to answer my damn questions. uh uncharted is it's like a platforming game not like a side 2d platform but like right you climb walls like assassin's creed kind of sure and you you jump on things and you could do things and you kind of solve puzzles and it's uh, so you're a treasure he's a treasure hunter Mm -hmm. um i saw the trailer for the movie that tom holland was in yeah oh i gotta watch that now that i've got literally my goal was to because i've (laughs) wanted to play these games for so long Mm -hmm. because the fourth game is like legendary Mm -hmm. uh and the movie came out and I was like, you know, I can't watch the movie without having played the games that I want to play. Yeah. If I didn't care about the games, then I would just watch the movie, but I really wanted to play the games. Sure. So I was like, I'll do this. Um, to my understanding, they kind of revolutionized using motion capture for the video game people. Okay. Um, my God, does it make it a difference? The fourth, like the first three came out in like 2002, 2005, 2007 or something like that. But then this last one came out in like 2017 or something. Mm -hmm. And it like the, the motion capturing where you can literally get tiny nuances of just like face, like of talking and like Mm -hmm. reacting and stuff. Uh, and just the, the quality of writing that they've been praised for since the beginning. Mm hmm. It is so good. Like, I got giddy from just watching, because it's the the two of them, Nathan Drake and uh, Elena, got Mm -hmm. married. So she was in the first game, shows up later in the second game, shows up later in the third game, and and they, like, uh, you know, a little romantic in the first, like, kind of like Jane, like, Bond girl kind of thing in the first one. In the second one, she came back and, like, they were like, oh, hey, we really like each other. Let's date. And then in the third one, they had, like, gotten married. No. They do it again. Except they decide to get married. No, 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 no. Sorry. They had been married and were separated Mm. in the third game. And so she shows up later. And in the fourth game, they are, like, happily married. And Nice. uh, It does so much for... Before the fourth game, like he had, they had made the agreement that he was going to be done doing the treasure hunting because it's always like illegal. Because mm-hmm. um, he's a thief, he's not just treasure hunting; he's stealing from right. things, um, just like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he agrees to not do it, but then his brother shows up. Where you didn't even know in the past three movies uh, that he's had a brother. They explain the whole backstory and everything. Drathen Nake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't like that uh and you get so much more about like what introduced them to treasure hunting uh what they do it for like everything like that and it's just like indiana jones it's they just loved indiana jones do what they just loved indiana jones yep did this start out as an indiana jones game and they just couldn't get the rights or something i mean maybe like laura croft tomb raider 
mm-hmm. has been yeah, that no, kind of okay. thing forever. That's true. Um, and so this is kind of like, they always they uh, Lara Croft is considered the uh, grandmother of of uh, Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Uncharted just did it so freaking well. Um, it is so like the puzzles and everything are so satisfying because it's like yeah, they're just like they're minor puzzles but they're still satisfying to do. The story writing is just phenomenal. That mm-hmm. voice acting is amazing. Like mm-hmm. it's it's uh, Nolan North who is a uh, widely renowned voice actor. Uh, this is like his peak thing. It's literally him, like in okay. in the game. Uh, and then what they also have with the fourth one is uh, Troy Baker, who is like it's the two of them are the gods of voice acting in mm-hmm. video games. Um, and so it's the two of them are brothers, and mm-hmm. just it's Nathan Drake's um, like wit. Uh, just kind of like the the uh, the snarky attitude mm-hmm. that the Tom Holland spirit, you might say. So many movies or games or like people with character, you know, main characters, they try to do that, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, he's just kind of a snarky person. Uh, is is done so well. I laughed so many times while playing the game, and I rarely do that mm-hmm. to like characters that are just like, huh, witty comment. But it's just like, it, it's just amazing writing, and right. I want more but it's i hear there's a movie it's not the same though and it's probably not like it probably suffers from what other games try to do with the witty character like Mm -hmm. i mean tom holland is witty but it's also the writing that does it yeah um but it's so good um i for people who like story-based stuff but still want a little bit of like engagement in the game Mm -hmm. uncharted is really good because otherwise you get your story-based stuff that are like the batman telltale series the walking dead telltale series Mm -hmm. and apparently game of thrones one that exists where you're not like you're going along with the story same thing with like um life is strange i think is a lot more just kind of story-based and you don't do a lot you're Mm -hmm. kind of just along for the ride this one you do a lot more uh but the story is really really good um so I recommend that to everybody. All right. Um, and I just started playing, speaking of, Tomb Raider. The yeah. reboot from 2013. Okay. Which is really good. And then there's like the sequels that mm-hmm. are after that. Because um, Lara Croft is from forever ago yeah. when her boobs were a polygon. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen I'm, those i'm familiar with this look it up look up Lara croft old boobs and it's just a triangle <laughs> yeah google that tell me what comes back people. yep i'm curious i was i chose my words carefully i wanted i want people to end up with weird things uh but it's so like this is like the reboot and stuff and it's definitely kind of a uh it's a really big tone shift because nathan drake is a historian treasure hunter who is really competent and like mm-hmm. really good at what he does. And like, that's what he's wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Lara gets thrust into it. And in this one, she's like young. Like I mm-hmm. think I would probably put her around like 22 or something Okay, where like I'm, I'm 30% into the game and she is still freaking out and like, <laughs> and sobbing at like having to kill people. And like, it's like, it's a lot for her. She mm-hmm. was just like, uh, she was going along with the treasure hunter okay. as the historian. 
So she's okay. just the historian part of Nathan Drake, mm-hmm. not the gun wielding, like climbing guy. Does she start out with like the nerdy frizzy hair and glasses and then have to take it off when she needs to start murdering people? No. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I, um, I love that stupid trope. So I really like how they're, I like how it's different. That mm-hmm. it's not just the same, like, super witty, competent guy. It's this girl who's just trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and is freaking out. And this, uh, Tomb Raider relies a lot more on the, do you know what um, flavor text is? Is that, like, uh, the descriptions you see on a Baskin-Robbins menu? <laughs> it took you a long time <laughs> to get to that joke. Uh, flavor text is stuff that's put in the world that you can read like little journal things little of skyrim character. books and stuff. yeah ex- exactly skyrim books are the epitome of flavor text okay um tomb raider kind of relies on at least so far relies on the flavor text to understand what's going on there are documents scattered around the map and like mm-hmm. you kind of have to pick them up to understand this character and like how he got to where he is it's like a main character that's doing things mm-hmm. but uh, I've only seen him once in one cutscene. I haven't seen him since, and I'll probably see him later on because he's a very big player in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won't. I I am willing to bet he does not monologue at you at the end of it, mm-hmm. explaining where he comes from. You need to have collected a whole bunch of documents to like read how he got there, what he did to get all that stuff. I'll and take so, that bet. I guarantee you, they just want a good monologue in the end for the people that didn't read their flavor text. I'll take that bet. Okay, we'll see what happens. When I beat the game in the next, oh no, I'm leaving tomorrow. Yep. When I beat the game next week. Okay. And then I'll talk about it in the next watch I'm up to you. But sounds good. Um, I am really on this kind of low action, story driven kind of puzzle solving things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I just kind of want like a step back from the, the stress of the Hollow Knight and <laughs> Elden Ring game to just Fair. like take it. I've been playing all of these on the easiest difficulty because I want the story. So I'm just like, I'm standing in the middle of like a combat taking eight dudes shotguns to the head while I just like shoot them once with my pistol and they die. <laughs> like, cause I don't, I'm not playing the game for the combat. Right. I'm playing to get past the combat so that I can do the puzzles. Yeah. Um, it also gives me a lot of ideas for puzzles for D and D. Which Good. I love. You could but, write it off as a research expense. Yes. <laughs> R&D, <laughs> y'all. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been up to with those games. Um, R&D and D&D. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Research and... There's yeah. a podcast idea. I'm writing that down. Nice. I'm not you have, have to play D&D. I don't want to. Well, then don't do it. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't think I talked about finishing Fallen Order. No, I don't think you did. Because that's kind of what led me into playing Uncharted. Because uh, Fallen Order is like Uncharted. Um, but with lightsabers. But with lightsabers. Uh, that movie, or movie, that game does a great job of showing you... I love everything that is Vader since Disney has like gotten, gotten mm-hmm. the thing. Because it's just always... Look how powerful Vader actually is. Yeah. Um. Like, have you seen clips of the Kenobi where he just straight up stops a ship in midair? Nope. Uh, like, people have been uh, equating that to in one of the sequels where Rey and Kylo are, like, fighting over a ship. And mm-hmm. they're, like, straining as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. And then, like, th- this big ship takes off. And Vader just strolls in and, like, pretty much effortlessly just stops it in midair and drags <laughs> it to the ground. Um, cool. And 
I got that to look forward to. At the in the, at the end of Fallen Order, uh, Vader shows up and you try to fight him very unsuccessfully, mm-hmm. and then he just like lifts the entire room and throws it at you, like nice. without even like moving. I think he moves one hand like up, mm-hmm. and the entire room just like lifts into the air and then launches it as you at you. Cool. You're like Vader's very good at the Force. <laughs> He's so, the forciest. He's the forciest man ever. Well, that's all I've been up to, so shall we? So you can finish this without getting distracted? We shall. Um, God. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and most other places where fine ca- podcasts are sold. Uh, check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod if you're here from TikTok. Uh, thanks for listening. Good to have you here. Stick around for next week when we talk about more news. More news. Maybe there'll be some trailers for some stuff. Do we have any movies that haven't had trailers yet? What's the next Marvel movie? Is it Wakanda? Maybe. Yeah, that's this year, isn't it? November or something. Maybe we'll have a Wakanda Forever trailer. Maybe. We'll probably have some Thor box office numbers, I think. Is that out? A couple weeks we'll be able to talk about Stranger Things. That's true. Maybe we'll have seen Obi-Wan by then. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod. Instagram, at Just Us Losers Pod. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Just Us Losers Pod at gmail.com. Bye. Bye. <laughs>